You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. I'm still jazzed after last night's game. What a fantastic way to wrap up the regular season. And welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube. And follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Jason Lockenfora will help us get ready for wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs. We will also have the very latest on coaching changes on this Black Monday, as two coaches have already been given the boot, and Black Monday has only lasted, say, a few hours already. We will definitely go over that and the very latest while the program is still going on. But in the meantime, let us recap week 18. And let's start with Sunday night football, shall we? The Buffalo Bills looked anemic at times in that first half. And then they went on a tear. Josh Allen looked sensational. This defense did more than enough to contain Tua and company. And the Bills went at 21 to 14. They complete the comeback and win the AFC East and get the two seed in the AFC playoffs. And Joe, this is significant given the type of home field advantage that the Bills get to enjoy. Yeah, and not only the type of home field advantage they get to enjoy, but also the opponent that they're going to have without their best player on the field. And the two versus the like, just the differences in that game, there wasn't much to think about. There was a lot on the line. Yes, because of the pitiful Jaguars, what happened is they both get in, but very different positioning. I don't think the same could be said in uh, some other spots. So, yeah, they were playing their butts off. You know, they... In the end, it's like, wow, Miami could win this game. Miami could win this game. They're right there. They're right there. But, like, throughout the game, you always felt like the Bills should be winning, and they should be winning by a lot more than the final score suggested. They outgained it by about 200. They got the big special teams touchdown, 96-yard punt return. So, um, once again, Miami can't beat a good team. That is one thing we know about the Miami Dolphins, whether they're at home, whatever the scenario they can't do it. Huge win for the Bills, and they rattle off five straight wins to get the division in the end. And we spent all this time, everybody was talking about it because they were on the outside looking in. It wasn't that long ago they were the 10th seed. All this time about the Bills, are they going to make it? Mm, four to one just to make the playoffs. That's pretty appealing. And now they're the two. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's almost like it ended how it began. We had a lot of people on the show who were high on the Bills before the season even started. Looked a little rocky there, and then around mid-November, they took off. And, I mean, they had that loss to the Eagles in overtime. 
could have won that game. And then they rattle yeah. off five straight. So very impressive, excited uh, to see what they can do. That's a dangerous team in the playoffs that I wouldn't want to face. Yep. They're dangerous, yet at the same time, we did see some key mistakes by Josh Allen that does make you wonder, like, okay, if you're power ranking all the great quarterbacks in the playoffs, where does he fit here? Because certainly mm-hmm. the Bills have been a little bit more conservative offensively since Joe Brady took over. Josh Allen, you know, there were some interceptions and jump balls where you're like, okay, was that really the best play? Was that really the best throw that you could have made in that spot? Yet at the same time, I also think the big narrative here in this ball game was just how bad the Dolphins played in the second half. Tua went 8 of 14 for 50 yards, a pick, a passer rating of 34.8. Rushing attack was never elite, and they abandoned it late. The game was always close, and I think what this does is it points to some real concerns that we've had about Tua and company, where, like, if, say, Tua doesn't have Tyreek Hill readily available, see, like, one-on-one coverage, and he can just, you know, chuck it deep, then what kind of offense do they really have in terms of an aerial attack? It's not as good as we thought it was. And this is not a great Bills defense. It's coached really well, but there's a lack of talent there that makes me wonder, like, okay, yeah, the Bills are really good, but is this defense good enough to take down the Ravens, the Browns, these other teams that we have a lot of respect for in the AFC? I think the Miami loss is perhaps just as, if not a bigger hashtag narrative, coming out of Sunday night. Yeah, and and the tough part to balance there is, okay, we we saw what we saw when they were, it looked like they were going to be setting all sorts of records with with multiple players on this team, but you do also have to take a look at the guy that had 20 plus touchdowns in the backfield was not on the field. The the other great receiver that they have was not out there. Who knows how long that's going to be? When you hear high ankle, that's a scary thing with Waddle. So we knew he was going to be playing these last couple regular season games, but now with everything on the line going to KC, what's it going to look like? So, yeah, maybe maybe they're more top-heavy than people wanted to think. People wanted to believe the system, the system, Mike McDaniel. Well, when you take two of the top three weapons away from any offense, it's going to look much different. And also their defense. I mean, they're going to be facing some tough defenses come playoff time, and that would worry me as well. Like Mike McDaniel is going to have to really cook something up offensively to be able to hang with some of these teams in the AFC. How about we uh, talk about the rest of the AFC playoff picture? The Pittsburgh Steelers are in. The Jacksonville Jaguars are out. The Texans win the AFC South. Uh, Some mighty interesting storylines to wrap up week 18. So of the Steelers, Jaguars, Texans, all these other teams that somehow got in or perhaps even improved playoff seating, what stands out to you the most, Joe? Uh, well, it was the Titans, probably because I talked that up, and that was one of my favorite bets. It just it just really lined up. It was the last stand for Derrick Henry, for Tannehill, uh, maybe even Vrabel. Vrabel as an underdog again, and then you have the reeling Jaguars on the other side. And with that game, with that result, so much changed yesterday in the playoff picture while we were waiting for that primetime spot that we were just talking about. You get Houston winning the division. You get both Buffalo and Miami in. Wow, Jacksonville. Brutal, man. What a free fall. And where they were, the division odds, that uh, how big of a favorite they were, and for them to completely, completely fall out, um, that was big. And it's kind of forgotten about, but um, Saturday night was something. And mm-hmm. I know, I know it's about the celebration, everything the Texans did, and there's a lot of things to get excited about. 
the Colts blew that game every which way. Whether we're talking about a 75-yard blown coverage, whether we're talking about Goodson's drop at the very end of the game, that game was there for them to win at home, and they absolutely blew it. Yeah, I mean, the two things that stand out to me are the Jags collapse. Just unbelievable. They were 8-3 and three to start December and then just kept falling. And just, I don't know who's to blame. The head coach, I'm curious what we're going to be getting from Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, like a month ago, is he turning into Justin Herbert? I think we all kind of wonder, like, that guy, I don't know if he's going to pan out. I just am, like, shocked that they they fell this far and this hard. Uh, just awful and then the Texans way ahead of schedule the rebuild uh no no real expectations and then they just keep exceeding them every week when people are doubting them I don't think they're gonna go to the Super Bowl but I still think it's a cool story for them and uh it's kind of like the Jags like will they be able to build off that because the Jags had higher expectations this year and then a complete complete disappointment You know, it's funny when we're talking about the Jaguars, for instance, that this offensive line was not going to be very good, and it was even worse than we anticipated. And I suspect that's one of the big reasons why Trevor Lawrence looked bad at times, just not being able to trust that pass protection. But also, too, this Jaguars offense looked incredibly conservative. Like, I know that Lawrence was all about the quick throws, and that's fine, but he's going to hitch routes. He's going to screens a good bit more than perhaps he could. He is okay on vertical routes. He's in the middle of the pack in terms of EPA per dropback on 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 such throws but it's got to be better than that if you're not making any kind of significant offensive line or you're not seeing any strides in terms of the quality of that group then you got to be a good bit more aggressive and they just weren't and I don't know what this means going forward but I do believe that look the, the jury is still out on Trevor Lawrence I'm not ready to say he's a bum but I am going to say that they have got to make some sweeping changes with that O-line and with their with that overall offensive philosophy. And if they don't, they could be left behind in this division. What with the Texans looking good, I think the Colts could be mighty dangerous next year. And the Titans are a big unknown. They have made some key investments, and it looks like they're being a little bit more analytically oriented. So the Jaguars don't have a whole lot of wiggle room, and they got to make some changes quickly. 9-8, and 9-8 and is... I, I don't think we're going to hear Doug's name today, but it's mm-hmm. probably a you better win the division or and you better be in the playoffs next year or you're out. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be pretty drastic to get rid of Doug Peterson today as well. But he deserves <laughs> a lot of blame, blame for this. You even yeah. look at in the same conference, like the incredible coaching job that Tomlin's. There's a lot of head coaches in the AFC that have done a lot more with less, and Doug Peterson has not. All that talent on the roster, and you come up with this, it's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting his name uh, to be heard in terms of this Black Monday, but let's say the leash is short. I think we can all agree that at least it should be for him going forward. And uh, give it another year, see what happens. But again, that O-line, it, it needs a ton of work. How about we move on out to the mm-hmm. NFC? The Green Bay Packers uh, get that last spot. The Seattle Seahawks are out, despite maybe some preseason bets that maybe we uh, made in terms of them winning the division. Said they miss out on everything altogether. So in terms terms of the NFC playoff picture and who got in Joe what stands out to you well I mean obviously for me the, the Green Bay Packers game was was front and center in the afternoon once mm-hmm. it was clear what was going on in the NFC East games uh that stood out and 
Jordan Love, great performance. It's, you know, being here. Uh, now I wait on everything that's going to happen with the Bears. I think they're keeping Eberflus, nothing official. Um, the way Fields talked after the game, he's gone. Just the way he talked. It's not very often where you have a player say their goodbyes, I felt like, multiple times, and then they make some sort of a return. Felt like Fields knew. Like, it, it's over here, and they're going to get their quarterback of the future, most likely scenario. They keep the one, and they draft Caleb Williams. So that was big. Uh, Jordan Love, man, people flipped on him many times this season. But in the end, he led his team to a playoff berth. He's playing with a horrendous defense. He threw for over 300 yards. And I remind you, against a Bears defense, that was one of the best in the NFL in the second half of the season. Now, maybe that was helped by the opponent, but it it still occurred. Um, And you look at Love's numbers at the end, 32 passing touchdowns, over 4,000 yards. He would be the best quarterback in Bears history with that sort of a season. Yeah, it's incredible. Second most passing touchdowns in the NFL. More than Brock Purdy. Second behind Dak. It's incredible. His passing yards right behind Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes even had the most passing yards in his division. So I think it's very impressive. Probably didn't talk enough about him all year long. He's just quietly been doing his thing. Jordan Love is a franchise quarterback, so... Uh, Very impressive what they've done. Uh, To me, on the opposite end of the spectrum, my Super Bowl pick, the Eagles. What in the world? Oh, my goodness. I mean, the collapse (laughs) is brutal. That team stinks. I mean, I don't even have words for what happened with them. You talk about a Super Bowl hangover. Like, they didn't even show up the second half of the season. Well, I think one of the reasons why, like, specifically with yesterday and what happened against the Giants, like, okay, you're going up against Wink Martindale's defense. What are they going to do? They're going to blitz. Like, everybody and their mom (laughs) knows this. And guess what? They couldn't handle it. Hertz couldn't handle it, and he got hurt. Marcus Mariota couldn't handle it either. This is a big problem. And, you know, we're going to preview these uh, playoff games and give our first uh, reactions uh, a little bit later on in the show. But, Joe, my Mm -hmm. question to you is, if we're uh, talking about the Eagles here, Like, yes, Jalen Hurts has not played well. This defense has been bad at times. But can you turn the page once you get to playoff football? Is that possible? Or has it been so bad for long enough that there is little room for optimism? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because we have these conversations a lot of times in other sports with other sorts of teams about flipping the playoff switch. Okay, they're in. They knew they were going to be in. They had the 10-1 start. But everybody was calling them out at the time. Yeah, but. Yeah, they're 10-1, and but. And here's another team completely collapsing. Look at the value that you could have found late in the year on the Bills and on the Cowboys to win the division. Mm-hmm. Um, it's They were winning all those close games, and now you end by losing in back-to-back weeks against the Cardinals and the Giants, two games that you needed. I'm with the latter, Ed. I I can't, I don't see it. The, and people are going to reference the matchup that they saw earlier in the season in week three, and we'll get into it all. We got five days to get into it, but these are different teams. That is a much different Eagles team than the one that we're seeing right now. So I'm looking at more how things are trending and the Hurts 
finger injury is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the one thing that they could lean on all year was the tush push. I don't even know if they could lean on it at this point. Very grateful (laughs) not to see too many close-ups of that finger. That was making me very concerned. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our first look at the NFC side of Wild Card Weekend. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Still to come, we've got BetQL Court, we've got Jason Lockenfora, and we will look at the AFC side of the wildcard weekend. But let's start with the NFC, and let's start with a really fascinating game with a fascinating hashtag narrative. It's the Rams and the Lions. This line has moved from Rams plus three and a half to plus three as Jared Goff gets to go up his for- gets to go up against his former team in the LA Rams. It is a juice minus three at BetMGM at minus one twenty. The total is fifty one and a half. Being indoors with uh, two great offenses, I'm sure, has something to do with that. Uh, but Joe, your first uh, reaction to this matchup. And Matthew Stafford gets to go against his former team too. I, I can't wait. That. Like, we True we that. have these arguments every which way, and we've the the McVay golf one, and you know the Lions. I after they lost to the Bears, I mentioned I'm like, here's what's going to happen. The Lions are going to look really good in the last month because they're going to play inside, and they did. They go three and one. The one loss was against Dallas, so they probably should have finished the year. Uh, with four straight victories. But uh, so what do you do here? Yeah, you have the high total, like you mentioned. I I think it's interesting. It looked like it did touch three and a half, and it was knocked down to three. I don't think we're getting back to three and a half. I expect Mm -hmm. the Rams to be very popular. Public, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm pretty sure that the Sharps are going to be on the the Rams side. You know, the Rams, very good this year on the road. Excellent. Um, The way they ended the season And, you know, even what about a month ago at Baltimore, like it was a spot where everybody was counting them out that they're not going to have a shot, a chance in. And then they end up pushing the Ravens to overtime on the road. They've been terrific. Um, I can't wait to talk about this game all week. I'm really looking forward to it. If I had to pick one that I'm looking forward to the most, yeah, I would say this is it. And it's really not all that close. I think it's the game of the weekend. Me too. I'm really excited for this one. Plus, you have like Matthew Stafford returning to his former team. There's a lot of uh, fun narratives in this one as well that I'm looking forward <laughs> to. Ah, gosh, this is tough because I like the Rams, but I love the Lions. I just cannot wait to watch this one. Early look, I like the Rams plus three, but I'm with you, Joe. Like, I'm not sure we're going to get to three and a half or four or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'll bet it today, but my first reaction was Rams plus three. It's the way well, my playing. first reaction was that even though this isn't the shortest spread in the NFC, I feel like it's the least likely to be a blowout in either direction. Like the other two games, like that does have, both of them have blowout potential as far as I'm concerned. It may not happen, but the potential is there. But with this one, 
I don't see that. I think both teams will come out there ready to play, and we could see some really exciting offensive performances. I am curious, mm-hmm. though, Joe, the injury to Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end for the Lions. I know a lot of yep. folks on Twitter were talking about, well, why was he even out there? Like, it really didn't matter. Yeah. Like, the Lions had a, had a really small chance of moving up to the two seed, et cetera, et cetera. And certainly there are arguments to be made as far as that's concerned. But at the same time, losing Sam Laporta in general, to me, is mighty, mighty significant. What say you? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. You're going to be missing 10 touchdowns. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Amarase Brown is just fine. Uh, but, yeah, no, that is very impactful. And you look at the different approaches with these two teams. The Rams, they could have, you know, moved around in the playoff picture. They did not. They ended up staying right there where they were. Uh, Over the last few weeks, right? They were lined up to uh, face the Lions, something that we were hoping that we were going to get. And here's what we get. And they said, everybody except for Puka, guy that was going for the record and he gets the record. It was a terrific moment. We'll see if he ends up getting the offensive rookie of the year. And then you had the Lions, a very different perspective. And they felt that the, the small, small chance of the two was very important to them. And I, I'm on record. I disagreed strongly on this show. And uh, that is potentially a very impactful loss. But the key to winning the North, you get a home game uh, to start the playoffs. And and that's big for this team. I would say as much as any of these teams playing. Yeah, I think the loss of Sam Laporta is huge. I'm with Ed as well on that one. And then you've got like a healthy Cooper Cup. It's just all the more reason to look at the Rams (laughs) even more with the weapons that they have getting healthier. I mean, I, it's tough. That sucks that they lost him. I mean, he's been so good. Laporta's just been so good for the Lions that uh, I, I don't know. Like you can't go back and change it. So tough break for the Lions right now. He's also been such a big third down weapon, and that matters greatly because how are you supposed to take someone like that down? You know, if you're power ranking tight ends right now and, say, looking ahead to next season, Sam Laporta could be in that top five, certainly top ten, and you're losing a third Mm -hmm. down threat and someone who's really versatile. Like, he can be in the tight end position traditionally, or he can play out wide. He's been really, really effective uh, when he's lined up there. And it's all about the Lions wanting to play positionless football, right? Jameer Gibbs is probably the highlight as far as that's concerned, a running back who's great in terms of pass catching. But you have other players as well who believe in positionless football. And I think sometimes that makes an offense a little top-heavy just because not everybody can play that way. Some certainly can. But to sort of have everybody on the same page and playing with this really high, intelligent, quality kind of football, that can be challenging if you start to lose, guys. And so this will be fascinating to me I mean it's going to be a great game no matter what really excited about it but losing Laporta that is significant just in terms of the philosophy that the Lions have how about we talk about the Packers and the Cowboys this line has moved from opening at plus seven to now plus seven and a half for the Packers with a total of 48 and a half we were waxing poetic about Jordan Love and rightfully so but my question to you Joe is do the Packers have an adequate defense to be able to contain Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, and company? Or could this very well be a blowout for Dallas at home? Yeah, I think you know the answer. <laughs> Maybe the witness a little bit. Um, a little look, meatball down the plate for you. <laughs> mat- uh, matchup-wise, yes, there is a case to be made where you could 
you could back Green Bay. I'm going to have a tough time getting there. The way the Dallas Cowboys have played at home, the only game where it was even close was was that Detroit game, obviously, where the result could have flipped. But we're talking about a team that went a perfect 8-0 at home. How is CeeDee Lamb going to do against this defense? I mean, this is a defense, yes, they will fool you from time to time. Let's remember this is an inept Bears offense that they limited to nine points yesterday. It's not, oh, bow down to the Packers defense. That was more about the Bears offense and their issues and the play calling and, and everything going on there. Um, I, I'm still like, how did they give up 30 to Carolina, right? How did you give up 34 <laughs> to Tampa Bay? Uh, early in the year, they gave up 34 to Detroit. That, that defense is terrible. And so, yes, the Packers, there is – there is that chance where maybe in a shootout they could keep up with the team on the road, and Jordan Love's been terrific. But also another reminder, they're really good at home. How have they been on the road? So I'm going to have a tough time getting there with the Packers. Maybe this is the highest-scoring game of the weekend. Yeah, shout-out to Joe Barry and the uh, 28th-ranked yeah. Packers defense. <laughs> There's a guy that's probably losing his job any day now. I'm with you. I really want to back the Packers plus seven and a half, but with that defense, I just don't think I can get there either. It's tough. The highest total EPA for a quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL this regular season belongs to Dak Prescott and CD Lamb. Prescott, mm-hmm. 23 touchdowns targeting vertical routes. This affects me personally. Which is absolutely bonkers to me. If you do the middle school math, is 117 yards per game that you gotta post each and every week. I knew it! I knew it! Who has the upper hand? Do we think it's gonna be the offenses, or do we think it's going to be the defenses? How about Saturday's game? Let's just throw a random game out here. Like, I don't want to put faith in NC State. There's a chance we'll, we'll lose outright. Who knows? Jinx is definitely not paying attention right now. He's just vibing to the music. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL it against this Cowboys defense that's very, very hungry to prove that they're one of the top five units in the mm-hmm. NFL. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey, you know what? I think you're so right, Ed, that we should give the... Lion stuff is just... Oh, my God. I just want to vomit. Aaron Law, sir. 16 receptions than anyone else. He finished only 50 yards behind Tyreek. And think about that lead that Tyreek had early on in the season. An outstanding Mm -hmm. year. Finished with 12 touchdowns. Like, that was the knock early on, right? When we were talking about him, like, 75-1 to for Offensive Player of the Year. This has a lot of value. And I I certainly stand by that. Proved it in the end. He's not going to win because of Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek. But not as much Tyreek in the end. But, uh... Yeah, you would think he's going to have a field day. Ooh, sets up for a big game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm-hmm. What yep, kind of ladder can we make? I know. Mm-hmm. I kind of got burned on my ladder. Uh, but the over 93 and a half uh, hit, but I went too crazy with the ladder uh, for him. But uh, as far as the Packers, I mean, if they can get a new coordinator, I think big picture, this, they if they add some more pieces, fix that defense, this could be a team that I might be looking for some futures on or like some Jordan Love season-long prop, something like that next oh, yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Especially if Christian Watson can stay healthy because he's been missing him a lot down this stretch, and Love has certainly flipped a switch in terms of being able to utilize his receivers without his wide receiver one. That, to me, has been super-duper impressive. If he can have his full complement of guys, then absolutely. Jordan Love uh, should be quite good, and they will be contenders in that good division. Let's talk about Monday night. The Eagles and the Buccaneers. Philadelphia, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. A juiced two-and-a-half at BetMGM with a total of 44. Yes, we were insulting the Eagles in the last segment, but they are going up against Tampa Bay, so this one gets interesting. Yeah, what what do you do here? Where's the number going to go? I find that interesting. It's a a low total. Not the lowest of the weekend, but a very low total. It's the lowest of the NFC games. Uh, sitting at 44, you lose five of six, and there were some really bad losses in there. So the Bucks offense, as we've always talked about, has that high ceiling, and the Eagles defense is just pathetic. So what is Baker going to do? Baker did nothing in their first matchup. But again, I'm going to keep saying, like, let's not lean into that game too much when the Eagles outgained them 472 to 174. Is this Eagles offense putting up nearly 500 yards? I don't think so. Is this Eagles defense holding an opposing offense to less than 200 yards? Probably not. So I I don't think it's going to sit here at two and a half all week. Very curious where it ends up going. You Right now you could talk me into either way, either direction. You know, it, it does fit a teaser. Just saying. Bucks about plus to ask that. Is this yeah. teaserable? It is. I'm not going to do it, but it certainly is. Mm-hmm. How banged up is Baker? I mean, will he be healthy enough to play? Are we going to have answers to any of these questions by the time we get to the weekend? I would say not. Like, Are we going to know about Jalen Hurts? Probably not. I mean, it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We don't even know anything in the regular season. So we're certainly not going to know anything with 
with everything on the line. So I say they'll probably end up just shooting them up, get them out there. It's the playoffs, right? Oh, he's playing. I would say he. Yeah. 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 There's no doubt. Yeah. You know, one point I want to make about this Bucks offense, though, like, yes, the Eagles offense is broken. Absolutely. That's fair. But is the Bucks offense broken, too? I mean, they were going up against Carolina <laughs> on Sunday, and they didn't look any good. And they went up against mm-hmm. the Saints the week prior with a defense that, you know, is sort of on a slight downtick. And that looked pretty bad, too. Uh, Mayfield threw for just 137 yards and missed Mike Evans a lot in the last game. Eight targets, but just three catches for 22 yards. And over the last two weeks, Mayfield's EPA per dropback is sixth worst among all qualifying quarterbacks. Never mind that that this was a win against Carolina. This was a bad look in general. And so even though you may trust wide receivers two and three or targets two and three for the Bucks a little bit more than say you would for the Eagles, at the same time, I don't think either offense can be trusted. They might be roughly the same in terms of this downward trajectory that both are experiencing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. So do you chalk it up to this is the way they're trending and it, it alarms you going into the postseason? Um and those are just divisional opponents that know them very well. Or do you look more at right before that when they were on a three-game run where where they were lighting up some poor defenses, where they were averaging over 30 points per game? Very difficult on a week-to-week basis to know which Bucks team that you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's BetQL Court right here on the BetQL Network. <coughs> Make a bad bet. You can't handle the truth. Take a bad beat. I I plead the fifth. Or just something you want to get off your chest. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order. I show you out of order. BetQL Court is now in session on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Is it possible that for the next dozen minutes, all we're going to do is complain about an NFL playoff game being on Peacock? Let's find out. Oye, oye, BetQL Court is now in session. The Honorable Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth presiding. Joe, who are you throwing in the slammer? Oh, in the game they picked for that one. Uh, I'm, I'm not all going. All of them. <laughs> I mean, my God. It was, it's hilarious. It's actually kind of fun. I, I chuckled when I did see that. All right. You, you couldn't avoid it. So we've talked a little bit about it, but let's go a little bit more in depth. Dan Campbell equals certified dope. And this is not hindsight. I said this all of last week. They should be resting everyone. There's not much to play for. There was a less than 5% chance they moved from the three to the two. And let's say it's a perfect world for Dan Campbell and company, and they get the two. Is it really that much of a difference? Is he aware that now only one team gets a buy? That it is not two teams? It's not that big of a difference? You got your home game. We most likely knew the scenario anyways. Did you really think the commanders were going to come through for you in the final game? Like, Are you paying attention to the league? Like, What are you doing? I think, I think Honestly, if I'm the Lions, we'll see how it goes. And 
maybe I look like an idiot and they make a run to the Super Bowl. Um, but if I'm the line, in the Lions organization, like you're happy with everything you've gotten out of Campbell. And while many people were laughing at him, like he's exceeded expectations. And you just tied a franchise record. And maybe that was behind the thinking because they got 12 wins in a year. But it feels like they need someone there to save Dan Campbell from Dan Campbell. Whether we're talking about some of the fourth down decision making or just the idea of of this yesterday, when you say it all week, it's not hindsight. And now you don't have Sam Laporta, and he's at you're either all in or you're all out. He's after the game. You're either all no, dude. You're all out. Like that was a bad call, and people called you on it at the time, and then and then we saw what happened in the end. So we'll see if it ends up being a difference in that game. I don't know, but I would not be happy with Dan Campbell if I'm a Lions fan today. Yeah, I'm with you. And I also worry, like, there's a lot of chatter about Ben Johnson. Like, that could be a situation where, like, the Eagles Mm. lose their coordinators. And now where are you? You know, you talk about Dan Campbell needing some help with some of his decision making. And if Ben Johnson gets a head coaching job somewhere like he's expected to. That makes me worry for the Lions' future. Also, the Sam Laporta thing, that just sucks, man. Like, I don't even know. And then I thought, is he trying to cover this up? Because after the game, Dan Campbell's like, it's not as bad as it looks. Did you see those quotes? I didn't actually hear him talk, but I saw those quotes. And I'm (laughs) like, um... I love you, Dan Campbell, but I'm not sure about that one. It sounds like you're trying to save your ass. Yeah, (laughs) He knows he messed up. Yep. I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll trust the guys, some of the coaches that decide to sit the players. I'll trust McVay over him. And that's probably where a lot of my handicap is going to go once we get there. Jeez. That's, yeah. And they got the three seed, too. And there's little faith in the uh, coaching staff there. I don't know what that says about the NFC as a whole. But still, though, it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. I, two points in terms of, you know, playing devil's advocate here. Number one, if you are a rookie, don't you think additional snaps might be necessary? That'd be my first point. And my second point is because you only have X number of players on the roster, 53, and then you've got a practice squad, it is difficult to just bench everybody with significant starting time. You do have to kind of mix and match a little bit when you're dealing with these week 18 games. And I would understand at least the idea of erring on the side of playing rookies just because they're likelier to need more snaps to develop just a little bit more. So in that respect, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like ultimately it didn't work out and there is that outcome. But at the same time, I'm sure there are other high profile coaches who probably would have done something similar. Look, let you know when we were going over these uh games last week and um we were talking about scenarios where there's overreaction in the betting market i agree with what you're saying as far as you can't sit everyone like we talk about it like everybody's going to sit in this game or that game but it's impossible to do that but there are certain players you got to do it uh sam laporta needing snaps in week 18 no that's not a thing to me he's not a rookie anymore (laughs) Like he's played the entire season and he's tied for the most receiving touchdowns on the team with Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm sitting both of them yesterday. You're right. You can't sit everyone, but those are a couple guys on offense that I am. I think if Dan Campbell could have a do over, he would have handled this differently. Whether exactly. Whether admit it today or not. Right. <laughs> he can be stubborn. I don't know. I, I mean, well, that, that's, that's why you kind of, you know what? That's why I say, I I wonder if the lines are thinking at some point we might need to get somebody in there to save Dan Campbell from Dan Campbell. He is stubborn. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Like you get so far in your career by doing something. So you probably stick with it, knowing full well that it brought you previous success. So that's, that, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, Aaron, who are you throwing in the slammer? Uh, I'm going to throw myself went a little too crazy on the (laughs) CD lamb ladder. Should have just stuck to the over 93 and a half. Just, I ended up betting like over a hundred plus one ten. I don't even, I don't even want to look. It wasn't good. So putting myself in the slammer, not a lot to say there. Just got a little too carried away. I think because it's like last game of the regular season and I just couldn't control myself. So uh, I need to work <laughs> on that a little bit more. And I admitted as much. Got a little too carried away. Is it too late to make a New Year's resolution? Like, it's January no. 8th right now. Like, is it too no, late no, no. to you know, say right here right now? Just work oh, on no. yourself throughout the year. Don't do it, like, just one time at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but you can just call it a New Year. I think you can. I think it is not okay. too late. At January 8th, it's fine. What do you want to throw out there? What are you thinking? Well, I do think... Last year and the year before, I had so many bets all the time. I've definitely dialed that back. And overall, had a phenomenal day on my futures. By the way, one book would love if you paid me out like the other ones have. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. The regular season is over. Pay me out. Because for some reason, he's looking forward to that one the most. Yeah, yeah, well, I hit it at I two books. Why. One paid me, one yeah. didn't. So yeah. Um. anyways, yeah, I think just more scaling back and really being like more self-disciplined when it comes to futures wow. and that kind of thing. Or even just, I was just having fun Friday. I'm like, oh, it's the last, it's the commanders, it's CD Lamb. Like, how does this lose? Let's ladder it. I'm like, man, sometimes you got to quit while you're ahead. Well, I, mm-hmm. I talked about it uh with Paul on New Year's Day and and J Rod, but uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was no props, and I haven't made any yet. We're a whole weekend, big accomplishment no so far. <laughs> you and me are opposite on that. I don't yeah. know where I'd be without props. <laughs> I I really dialed it back yesterday. Um, did mm-hmm. you guys do the same? It was about the same. I, I'd say I was fairly consistent. I don't think it was any more or less oh, than any you other did week. The same. Oh, okay, I yeah. definitely. Oh, that, I had like was, double I bet the, the amount of bets. Really, I bet the least. Um, and that is why yeah. I'm in jail today. Aaron, <laughs> the NFL season does did not end yesterday. You know this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I was like I'm very well aware. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be in a position where I'm really mad at myself. Where like, okay, week 18, you get caught up because the playoffs start and you want money then. You want to bet a lot then. I agree. And and the playoffs can be tough too. You know, I think, I don't know. I just thought that CD lamb spot was a lock basically. Yeah. (laughs) It's that hatred of this commander's secondary that overwhelmed the decision-making for anything else. By the way, he had a great game. He caught all 13 targets that went his way. And he got almost 98 He had a great game. Did he, did they him at some point? Did they yeah. pull him? Yeah, I mean, oh, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. 
Right. And that was the problem, though. Like, once the Giants got out to a huge lead, like, Cowboys would... It's kind of funny. Like, we were thinking it was going to be the other way around, right? Like, Cowboys would get out to the big lead, and then they would scoreboard watch, uh, you know, the Eagles would, and then it turned out to be the other way around, where, like, the Eagles were getting absolutely blasted, and then it was the Cowboys, you know, ultimately becoming conservative, which is interesting for them, because usually they keep their starters out there way longer than they're supposed to. It's why Mike McCarthy, Jason Garrett are always put in jail here on this segment. But in this instance, it seemed like they were pretty prudent mm-hmm. for sure, sure. Eagles all are right lost. they don't know what to do <laughs> i don't know who i want to throw in jail here because at the conclusion of the saints falcons game uh we saw the saints <laughs> already up big and they are in victory formation which means they take a knee and then it's the ball game but they're on the one yard line and Jameis winston hands it off to jamal williams who then gets a touchdown arthur smith goes up to dennis allen and is really agitated about this well Jameis winston who was on the field for that final touchdown reacted to the dispute between the two head coaches it was a team decision and uh and i think when you have the a team morale and i asked the guys i said guys like what do you what do you want to do we know how much jamal means to this team and and i understood from da's perspective so i i give him that yeah, yeah but da didn't condone that at all yeah you know he, he didn't however uh we decided as a team to do it and man we got an interception to the one yard line yeah you know like yeah. so if if if, if we would have scored would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know, so uh Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not, not in it. <laughs> no, uh, but it was it was a, it was an offensive mean, team stopping discussion. Stopping uh, however, when you when you return the ball to the one yard line and you have that opportunity. We just had that opportunity and uh and we decided Yeah, so Jameis Winston basically declares mutiny on the bounty. The strawberries, the strawberries. Uh and Dennis Allen in his postgame comments throws Jameis Winston and company under the bus saying that Arthur Smith was right to be upset about that additional touchdown running up the score. I wonder if Dennis Allen should be the one in jail for throwing his players under the bus instead of defending them and taking the onus on himself. Yeah, I thought about that for a minute, but I'm like, you know what? His players didn't listen to him. They didn't care. So you know what? Screw you guys. You're not running the show. I am. And it seems like a dumb thing, but I actually think the the idea of what the Saints players did, they're right about this. How many times would Jamal Williams have heard he went from 17 touchdowns to zero touchdowns? But by getting that one, he's probably going to hear it a lot less. Exactly. Yeah, defend your guys. I understand that. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the AFC side of the wild card picture. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.